Ring out of Sacramento, California. Woo! What you gonna do? Better. Stronger. Son of a bitch. Faster. Oh, yeah! <clears throat> Thank you, Brian. Uh, I've been doing two laps, and uh, that was the fastest I've done it so far. So... Hold on, let me get this straight. So you come here and uh, walking is kind of tough for you, right? Like it, it hurts or it's like, uh, you, it, you have yeah, problem. I mean, it, walking, you know, what would be short distances to like other people, but to me it'd be a long day. Like walking a mile hurts my feet. Yeah. Maybe not even like once, like, or maybe I'll do it once, but then like they'll be hurt the rest of the day and then I won't want to get on them. Again. But when you ride your bike, you're comfortable and, and you're happy. Yeah, for the most part. It's a lot less. My bike's fitted. I guess you're supposed to yeah. fit your bicycles, right? My bike's pretty pretty fitted. You know, to me, I've taken a while to try to get the extra handlebars on it. And, and yeah, I, I'm not a sore. So I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. Mm. It's just easier on me. It's interesting because my dad is the same as you. Like, he likes riding his bike a lot. So he's always out on his bike doing something, you know? And, um, I, I'm the opposite. Like I actually get on the bike and, uh, the bike hurts. Like I, for whatever reason, like I'm in pain on my bike. Like maybe it's just not fitted right. Like maybe there's something we can do to make it more comfortable. So, um, it's interesting cause I, I do have a bike, but I don't use it that much because it's probably not fitted for you. Yeah. It, it, for some reason it's just like, it's uncomfortable. And, yeah. um, and so I choose to walk, mm -hmm. but I think that like the point here is that you can do something, right? Like yeah. anybody, everybody can do something, you know? I mean, um, at one point, and it was, you know, it sucked being the fat guy getting in a pool. But at one point when I was at my worst health, I rented a membership to a local swim club. And I, and when I was at my worst health, I would just go to the deep end and just tread water. I, I think when you were doing that, I was like really proud of you because, you know, you're a big guy and like, I wouldn't want to be the guy at the pool like you know <laughs> Good. Yeah, i wouldn't want to be the fat guy at the pool Dude, like Chris, i can't even tell you like let me just set the stage for you and first of all i want to tell you like no one ever there there's no no employee or really person there has ever been rude to me or i like i've never felt and no one's ever going to say anything it's more in, in you yeah you well think, right? yeah but the only problem i have with going to this gym and god bless them i i understand they got to make do with what they have but into the pool there's only one way in and one way out. They don't have two entrances. And that little shallow end is right where they do all the kiddie classes. So you got to walk by all these little kids. You got to walk through the kids getting trained. And and before that, before you even get in the water, walk through the horde of parents. Yeah. Just sitting there being bored and judgmental. Not even that they're probably not judgmental. I'm judgmental. If anything, but, the kids would be the judgment. The kids would be the ones that say something because they don't know. Yeah, better. well, I mean, it's obnoxious. It's just bad all the way around. And like, you know, you're walking barefooted on slick carpet or slick concrete or these like plastic uh, uh, trays of death on your feet. So it's not like it's not like I'm even moving graciously. I'm all tippy toeing and ooping and owing as I'm stepping on the plastic don't non-slip pads. It, it just, like, I mean, like, like listen, like, worse things, people have overcome harder situations. I don't yeah. want to trivial, I don't want to, like, over-dramatize, dr dramatize it, but it, it did kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> it did kind of suck. <laughs> well, it's like with, uh, the, the good thing about walking for me, too, is, like, a lot of times I'm walking and I'm in pain, you know? And yeah. so, uh, it's like, I don't really want to be in a public space. Yeah. I don't want to be around, you know, uh, 
too many people, but I've, I've found, and I've, you know, we put this in the video about walking that we did found that like the more that I just walk and the more that I, uh-huh. that I do it, I was telling yesterday, I was in a lot of pain yeah. walking around the block and as I go, my body, I'm like the tin man. Like I'm an old, like, yeah. I, you know, I'm 49 years old, which isn't that, that old, but uh-huh. as I move around and then I stop, my body just tightens all up. Like I yeah. have some sort of autoimmune uh, condition. It's something that I really hope to nip in the bud during uh, World Carnivore Month. And what I'm going to do on World Carnivore Month is in the beginning, I'm going to take a leap that I've never taken before. And I'm just going to go um, back to what Michaela Peterson recommended to me of uh, just doing like meat and water. Lion um, diet. I, I, you know, I did the lion diet for a while and I quit because I had such massive diarrhea. Uh-huh. And then I went and I looked up all the different things that you could do to possibly like get rid of diarrhea and why this happens and things like that. And I think what I've done is built myself a platform by, I've been, like I haven't had carbs the whole month before. So I've been eating like very low carbohydrate, but keeping some like dairy products in there, keeping some vegetables, here and there but basically i did no Maybe carbs keto call yourself keto yeah this last month i was i was keto and and so by going like really strict keto for a long time and doing a lot of fasting now i'm going to move into carnivore yeah when last time i saw michaela when i saw her in person i'm like well she's hot and she's cool i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. try her thing right oh, and i'm gonna do it and i was really i was like really pumped and then um, I got this really bad diarrhea and then like five <laughs> days later oh, I had a, like I texted her first of all like after like three days and said hey this is going awesome I feel great then two days later I was doubled over the entire day and I couldn't you know I basically just couldn't get off the toilet and so I like texted her again and she's like you know I said hey you know I had to have some like rice and uh, bananas and she kind of gave me like a like meh like don't do that kind of thing mm-hmm. and um for whatever reason, I'm just like, you know what? I, I'm not, this isn't my a diet for me. Like this isn't going to work for me. I, for whatever reason, I just, I kind of gave up. I, I think I kind of got, I think I kind of, to be honest, got a little bit like, uh, not offended, but like a little bit mad. Like I'll show you, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Right. Um, like I'll show you, I can do. And, and so then I went on a diet where I was eating like rice and, and beef for a long time and actually felt really, really good for a long time, but now I, for whatever reason, I just, I feel the carnivore calling and I want to go back to uh, try to do just the meat and water. I'm even, I've been debating like getting rid of coffee, which is just kind of crazy. I want, I want to, okay, so this could be. It doesn't necessarily mean getting rid of coffee, but getting rid of coffee for me means getting rid of like heavy cream. Heavy cream. I just, just real quick. I don't know if this is true. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. And shout out to Darth Luigi. I saw him on your brother's yeah, podcast Darth this Luigi morning. is uh, Luis. Luis Valenoir or something yeah. like that. I probably said it wrong. That'll get used to it. Um, I learned about keto from his Facebook group, Keto Gains. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was, I mean, I, I was, my mind wasn't ready, clearly. Mm-hmm. My mind wasn't ready, but I got the head knowledge from watching his group and him and Tyler. And if I remember right, they said that that adjustment period is, oh man, if I'm wrong, you can just you know nip me in the ankles. But it's your gut biome yeah. adjusting it to is. the new to the new food that you're putting into it. Like at first, your your gut biome is just used to all this starchy food, and, and if you eat a trash diet, your body optimizes for a trash diet. 
and you get a trash diet gut biome, yeah. and you're, you're going to feel bad. You're going to have the byproducts of a, of a trash diet, but your body has to like re re-engineer the gut biome for what you're feeding it and let that old stuff die. Is that, and that's where all that digestal stuff comes from. Is that right? Yeah. The, the thing is that when you switch up your gut microbiome, Thank you. Uh, you know, when you switch, when it, when it makes that switch, it's got to dump a lot of these things out, no pun intended, and it basically dumps them like pretty fast, and yeah. your your ass becomes a water fountain, basically. Uh, yeah. You know, it it shoots out. Um, it's funny. We there used to be a drink at Gold's Gym called Blue Thunder. It's like American bodybuilding, like one of those pre-made like workout drinks that you get. Blue Thunder was uh, it tasted horrible, and I used to work at the counter at Gold's Gym with John Cena at the uh, pro shop. And uh, John Cena used to call them, it, it reminds me of this, he used to call them fountain drinks. And people would be like, they would come up and be like, no, sir, I think you're confused. This isn't a fountain drink. A fountain drink is like a soda. And then John's like, no, no, it's a fountain drink because your ass is going to be a fountain oh, after no. you drink it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and that was like his his little saying for the Blue Thunder. That's awesome. Like somebody would say, can I get a Blue Thunder? He's like, oh, a fountain drink. And they're like, uh, no, it's not a fountain drink. It's that. He goes, no, no, I know, but I call it a fountain drink, and then we tell him why. Yeah. And they would always like get a laugh out of it, and then they'd be like, no, no, I'm fine when I drink these. And then they'd come back like after the workout and be like, you know what? I kind of shit my pants during my workout. Yeah. Ooh. They'd so, always realize it. They'd be like, you were right. That really does blow you out. That's, that's a post-workout meal. Yeah, I and drink. you know, in all honesty, there really isn't anything worse than having like a gut or a stomach problem. I've endured some pretty painful things with like hip replacement surgery and other things in my body. But the anytime I've had a really bad stomach ache, it's probably been some of the worst pain I've ever been in. That internal crunching when your if stomach, your stomach is hurts. You know how your whole body gets like yeah. hot and tense and like you feel, I mean, you just feel awful. It's so a horrible feeling. Avoiding stomach issues at all costs is big for me. And that's a big reason that keeps me on a carnivore diet or like a, you know, more of a meat-based diet. You know, when you ask somebody, well, what did you eat yesterday? There's no way they can pinpoint what they actually ate. There's like probably a hundred different ingredients that they ingested, you know, but right. if you're like, what did you eat yesterday? I'm like, I just had meat. It's pretty easy to <laughs> pinpoint what you're doing. And I, I should say that mistakes that I made on the last rendition of the true carnivore diet or what Michaela calls the lion diet, the biggest mistakes I made was just not including enough fat. Trying to be like more of a warrior, trying to go on this with like a mindset of like, I know fat doesn't make you fat, but I don't need it. I'm going to eat all protein and, I, you know, and by eating all protein, uh, it screwed me up. I, I tell people and I told on Mark's podcast, you know, I'm sponsored by Piedmontese beef and I don't think there's a better beef product on the entire planet. I don't think there's a better bunch of people that I've met on the entire planet than the people that work there. And, uh, the problem with Piedmontese beef during carnivore is that their steaks are actually too lean. So the answer to that isn't to switch where I get my meat from. The answer is to switch the kind of meat that I'm eating from them. So in a way, World Carnivore Month is kind of welcome because the entire year I've been eating like really lean steaks. Like they have like five grams of fat. But now I can eat the ribeyes, which have about 30 grams of fat. And I can also eat the hop dotty fatty patties which were like an invention of mine. Hop Dottie's a restaurant. There's 30 of them. They're out of Austin, Texas, but there's 30 of them in the country. And I have a friend that's the CEO of Hop Dottie, and I was able to get Piedmontese beef and Hop Dottie together, hooked up for like a pretty big deal that uh, they that's all they serve at their restaurants now is these Piedmontese burgers. And ever since they started doing that, 
people love it and the business has been you know really really doing well um so they created like their own patties for that called hop dotty fatty patties that are on their website and they have a little bit more fat than regular burgers and they're they're just delicious they're awesome and they're perfect for you know this kind of style of a carnivore diet i i love certified bts their hot dogs like i told you are the best i i have i have three right here like i just loaded this up oh that's got hot dogs in it i yeah it's a it's a thermos thermos full of hot dogs it's a thermos full of hot dogs did you cook them or you just brought them in i I cooked them yeah and then it, it can hold three and then uh, here I'll I'll show it if uh, yeah just so people know that right like there a, like a um a fork. that's a great idea right so like a thing though is that you could take a package of hot dogs I'll tell you, you you're laugh at this this is great I have a package of hot dogs um because it's cold out now it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. I have a package of hot dogs I like keep a package in my car every day I mean at this temperature when it's 42 yeah. degrees outside why yeah. not Yeah well even if, even if it, if it was hot out I wouldn't do it, it might no, be right, gross of course. but even if it was like warm out hot dogs are still fine like sitting in there all day or whatever but Oh like, yeah um what I'm saying is like I bring them I don't have them just sitting in there forever uh I had like I had a pack in there yesterday and then I took it back inside because I, I didn't eat them. I was going to, my plan is if I get hungry at work, I have food with me. Right. I have six hot dogs with me right. that I could cook up at any time. And they take, you know, 30 seconds in the microwave or they're, they, you know, there's an air fryer here or whatever. So it's really quick to cook them up and I'll just smash some of those. And it's like, it's nice to know that you can have it with you. You know, like hot dogs are going to keep way better than a steak. Uh, you can't really cook ground beef anywhere here, you mm-hmm. know, so that would be gross to bring. So it's like, yeah, just bring some hot dogs, just heat them up. And uh, these hot dogs do have a couple of like little ingredients in them that are not necessarily carnivore. Like there's a little bit of corn syrup and a little bit of, that's just holds everything together, you know? Um, so they don't use a lot of that stuff uh, in there. You know, there's no other hormones, not a lot of preservatives, you know. Um, something interesting I was looking at yesterday was uh we have all these labels on food and we can even go further into depth on this but i say like they they don't have any hormones in them sometimes cattle use hormones most of the time they don't but you know when you see like chicken in the store and it says no hormones like on the chicken Mm -hmm. well it's actually a stupid labeling because hormones are actually illegal to use in chicken and there's no hormones used in any chicken in the United States. That's so crazy. it's like when you buy the uh, yeah. gluten-free Twizzlers. Yeah, right. They were gluten-free to begin with. Right. Um, these animals, these chickens, they are not allowed to use hormones on them to begin with. Right. So it's like a lot of these things that we see, um, like, for example, the organic phrase and all these words, they're just buzzwords to sell us things. They're not really uh, helping anybody. You, know? you want a real quick other industry example of that? Uh, a couple decades ago, I spent the summer working uh, at a car dealership, and this guy, uh, he showed me how, I don't know if it's nationally or regionally, but he said, hey, look at their advertisement. They say on their commercial, you won't find a lower marked MSRP than here at blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He's like, well, that's because the MSRP is everywhere. Like, we all have that same MSRP. It's like, you won't find this Apple product you know, yeah, yeah, like, like cheaper anywhere, right? Well, because Apple sets their prices, right? And everybody and has that same price. Yeah, your AirPods are 179 <laughs> yeah. bucks no matter where you go. Yeah, if you go to the Apple store, they're the, the they get the, the genius of it is that they get to share in the, in the profit no matter where it yeah. moves, right? I mean, yeah. like 
if if like Apple was selling them cheaper, everybody just go to the Apple store. And they'd, make, the same. they'd make less money. They'd make less money, but they'd make the same percentage profit probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how beautiful is it that they have, you know, it's like they figured that out. So you, like that's like that's their thing. You sell at the price that we set, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that, just... In a way, I kind of like that better. And I'll tell you why. I hate being bamboozled. Like I wish you could buy cars that way. I wish like a car, because I feel like there's more room for fuckery when you're told like, you know, okay, I used to work at Gold's Gym Venice. They used to tell me every time you get somebody in here to sign up for a membership, we need you to have have them have an emotional experience. That's how you sell memberships. And there's like a sign-up fee, like $149. So like in the beginning, I, I get you in there. Hey, what's your name? Oh, Russell, great to meet you, blah, blah. I'll be like, how many times do you work out a week? How much water do you drink? How, I ask you all these questions. Yeah. So I get you thinking about how you don't do any of this yet. <laughs> right. And you're like, I don't do any of that. I'm like, oh, you're really going to need this. But you know what, man? Uh, I know things are tight right now. And with uh, everything going on right now, it's it's difficult. So uh, why don't we take this 149 and we'll just knock it down to 99 bucks? Yeah. Would that get you going today? For you today. And you'll say, blah, blah, blah. I'll say, well, look. As soon as you get up and walk out that door, this deal expires. Right. So you're one step closer. But then you still say, you know what, man? I'm not going to blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, you know what? I'll waive the whole thing. Right. I'll, I'll waive the 149 entry fee. And we'll just get you on the uh, 50 bucks a month. Is that cool? And you're like, man, it's only 50 bucks a month. You only have to pay. We prorate. So today you only pay 25 bucks. You're out of here for 25 bucks. You got a year membership. And, you, you know, it's only one year. And then after that, you can cancel it. And we would sell so many memberships, um, even like you'd go in and sometimes some people would want to pay the 149. So you like it's I felt terrible, but you'd let them pay it. Yeah. You'd be like, OK, like they'd say, how much is it? And you go, well, it's 149 to sign up and then it's 50 bucks a month. And they would just go, OK, cool. Here's my card. I'm going to go work out, get it after I'm done. You'd be like, But when I knew people like I was the worst salesman because people would come in. And they'd say, well, how much is it? And I go, see this book? I'm supposed to show you this and cross shit out. And I would just tell them the secret. And I'm like, but look, you really should work out here. This is the mecca of bodybuilding. It's 50 bucks a month. You can start today for 25 bucks. So ignore all the flyers you got. And my bosses were like, you can't do that. And uh, my membership sales were good. Like I sold a lot of memberships. I did well. Mm-hmm. But I didn't do nearly as well as the guys that hustle. They would sell like double the memberships I sold. Uh, but you know, it's like, what do you get out of something, right? What did I get out of working at Gold's Gym that nobody else got out of it? Well, I was like really good friends with The Rock when I worked there. I was really good friends with all the pro bodybuilders when I worked there. I would, you know, invite people from all over to come in and hook them up with memberships. Like one of the things that was interesting to me is that how much money The Rock was making at the time, even like even at the time he was making really good money. And he would uh, tell everybody, this is my boy, Chris. This is before I did Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Before I was like so-called anybody, right? Before I did all that. And he would introduce me to people like, oh, this is my boy, Chris. He hooked me up at Gold's. Wow. Like he'd always say that. as wow. like, And and Tunaway, who's his like stunt double, uh-huh. would be like, oh, yeah, my boy, Chris Bellick. He hooked us up at Gold's. He'd always like give me shout outs because I got gave them a free membership. So it kind of means a lot to some people. Yeah. And so... You know, when people say, like, where did this ever get you? Where did that ever get you? I'm like, oh, you know, got me some cool places, you know, I I think. What years did you work there? Um, I worked there in 2004, 
That was my second stint there. My first stint was probably around 2000. So I worked there twice. And um, the first time I worked there, actually I sold memberships both times. So it was actually really weird, right? So the first time I worked at Gold's Gym, I quit because this is really weird actually. I was working at Gold's Gym and I got a phone call. Shit, my phone's a phone call. That was great. Yeah, I got a phone call. It's Horseshoe. Look, bro. I'll just answer. Really? Let's see this. What's up, bro? Yo. What's going down, buddy? I'm on my. I'm doing my podcast right now. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I want you to be on my podcast soon. Fuck you, listen, man. I'll fucking come tell the tell the real fucking deal. That's what we need to hear. We need to hear the real deal. I'm with my boy Russell. He's my producer. I've Russell, heard a lot about you, Russell. Russell the muscle. You. He already loves you. He doesn't Russell even know you. Russell. Yep. Yep. What are you doing, man? Fucking out selling Kratom. Slang and Kratom, huh? No, I'm on my way to the fucking doctor. I got a bad heart. No. You got a bad heart again? Oh, yeah. Huh? What's going on with it now? Well, same shit, you know. I got to go get my INR checked. Yeah. If I don't get my INR checked, I'll have a stroke or potential to have a stroke. Yeah, Horseshoe had a massive stroke. Um <laughs> Due to like AFib, right? You have AFib? I had AFib, then it progressed into ventricle tachycardia. Yeah. And the doctor said that's deadly, so now you got to slow down. My wife knows all about that. She's a telemetry nurse. Yeah. Russell's wife is a nurse. He says she knows all about that shit. Oh, yeah. My, my fiance is a pharmacist. Oh, yeah. even more than yeah. What a great thing. The, mo- the shadiest guy I know is ah. his fiance is a pharmacist. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I know how it goes, buddy. Certified. Well, listen, let, let me call you back when we're done with this. I definitely want to talk to you. I definitely want to have you on my podcast because you have the craziest life that I've ever heard in my life. Okay, all right. All right, buddy. Nice meeting you. All right, man. All right, later. That's one of the greatest. Legend right there. Walking legend. It's funny because I was going to answer, but like he's one of the best human beings that I know. Like yeah. As far as like the things that he's done and he's amazing like he's um he was a wrestler in the wwe well first of all he was a wrestler in wcw uh which was like really big at the time was really popular six foot four and about he was 290 at the time he was jacked right and um he was wrestling at wcw and then he always had drug issues he was always like he he said that he quit going to a at 16. Oh, bro, okay. I stopped going to AA at 16. I, I, I get that. He's like one of those guys. Like he's been drunk since he was like 11, right? Yeah. So he actually got sober from alcohol pretty young. But then he went, like when he got, after he got into wrestling, he got really into opioids. And then he just went crazy on opioids. And he was doing over 100 pills a day. Um, then he went over to WWE and he was kicking ass there. And um, he just one day went in and quit WWE because he was dating uh, a porn star. And she made a lot of money. So he said, I, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and like, it's crazy. He's like, I, I would never quit. Like you'd think most people's dream would be to be in the WWE, but he was making so much money uh, doing other things that we'll talk about on the podcast. Yeah. Like pimping out his porn star girlfriend. Wow. It's amazing. And he tells these stories. These are open stories. These are open stories. These he tells stories. me these stories 
when I'm sitting there with him and his mom, we went to a film. He was in Prescription Thugs. We went to a film festival, and he's telling this story right in front of his mom. He goes, yeah, that, that's back when I was pimping But does, does, has he ever told this story on, like, a public platform before? He hasn't really had any public platforms to tell it on. Is this still under the carpet, or no? This story right now. No, not really. I mean, like he's. I mean, he said it. He's he said it a million times. Okay, good. Public, but he would be like, he's telling it, telling me this story, and then uh, he goes, "That's that's when I was pimping out my girl," you know, back yeah. then. And his mom just like looks at him, like gives him kind of like a like a like like don't like come on, you know. But she knows all about it, everything. Um, his mom is actually really interesting too. His mom was a like a, a big wing at uh, General Motors. Really? Yeah, and she was married to the, so, um, she was like remarried and married to this guy who passed away. And when they were going through all his things, he was one of the biggest collectors of like Abraham Lincoln memorabilia, just randomly. And so Horseshoe's mom is now the owner of one of the only two photographs ever taken of Abraham Lincoln. There's like two versions of it, and the one, the other version's cracked. She's got the pristine version. There's like one version. It's probably worth like thirty or forty million dollars, wow. but they can't find anybody to like really buy it. Like, put it this way: Horseshoe was trying to get me because Mark knows Trump Jr. He's trying to get me to tell tell like Donald Trump, like, hey, tell Trump Jr. so he can tell Donald Trump and he can buy this thing because he'd really want it, you know. And I'm like, wow. You know, I'm like, ah, that's we- that's a, such a weird thing to tell somebody. You yeah. Know? So I never did it because um, he's like, I'll give you a cut, bro. You know, but uh, yeah, it just and he's one of those guys that these random things just like happen to him. You know, so he had a massive, massive stroke while he w- uh, after WWE, he was doing 100 pills a day. He had a massive stroke. He recovered from the stroke. And he was in he was in Vegas and he was selling spice. Do you know what spice is? Not very well. I've it's heard like a of fake. It. It's like a fake marijuana. Fake weed, right? So yeah, he was going around selling this fake weed to different smoke the shops. Military guys like it, right? And like, CDL or like I think so. Or drivers. any places, yeah, any places where like you can't use weed or it's illegal, they would use yeah. this spice stuff. Well, then it became illegal, and when it became illegal, he basically went from making twenty grand a week selling spice to making like nothing. Like he was crushing it. He'd go around all these smoke shops and sell it, and then it became illegal. So he didn't really have like any income after that. So um, my friend Kelly, who owns uh, Urban Ice Organics, hit him up and was like, well, you're a really good salesman. You go around all these smoke shops. Why don't you start selling Kratom for me? And he's like, what's Kratom? And so he tells him and he's like, oh, it's kind of like it's kind of like the uh, the spice of the opiate world. You know, like it's the it's the fake opioids, basically. Uh, He's like, but it really works. It really kills pain. It really helps people a lot. And he's like, but it's also all natural, which was like a different thing than spice was not all natural, right? Uh, and it's, you know, considered fairly safe and blah, blah, blah. So Horseshoe's like, I'll try it, but I don't think I don't think it'll work. So Horseshoe tried it. And since he had been such an addict before and he found it to be very beneficial, uh, he right away he called me and he's like, have you ever tried Kratom? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I tried it when I did prescription thugs and stuff. I never really got anything out of it. He's like, no, bro. You got to try it the right way. And uh, I'm like, well, what's the right way? And he's like, I don't know what you tried, but just give it another shot. You know, give it a couple weeks. He's like, how long did you take it? I said, well, I just took it once. You know, he's like, nah, you can't tell like that. You got you to take it for a little while and see how you feel, whatever. And so he's the one that talked me into Kratom. I mean, really? the reason why I made a leaf of faith 
was simply because of horseshoe. Because if somebody was that bad of an opioid addict and they felt relief from something that was natural, I'm like, how could this even be possible? Right. There's no way. I mean, horseshoe's the type of guy, like, if the syringe isn't full, it's empty. Like, that's, you know, with steroids. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like, it, he's that guy. He's the excess guy, you know? Um, so for him to say that this is something that's really powerful for him was like powerful to me. And uh, I was like, well, you're not, you're not like, he goes, Oh, you should make a movie about Kratom. And I'm like, yeah, look, I did bigger, stronger, faster. That was at Sundance film festival. I'm not going to make a movie about your little rinky dink supplement from, you know, like it, it was almost like a, almost in, like, I wouldn't say offensive. Cause he's my good friend, but mm-hmm. almost like, what do you you think I'm some sort of hack? I'm just going to make some Kratom documentary? Right. Three months later, there I am making a Kratom documentary. Because it was compelling once you really looked into it. It was way more than compelling. It was like life-changing, you know? Right. And uh, it it just, for those that don't know, I mean, Kratom is just a, a plant that just helps you feel better, you know? Gives you a better mood, um, can take away some of those aches and pains that you have. And when, make when you feel better. When my sciatica, better. Chris, when my sciatica is bad, there's... I, I'm not the same person until I've had a couple of Kratoms. And I don't have a lot of day. Like, I'm not some big, like, my volume is, like, between two to, at the most, six pills a day, which I think I've only had six a couple of times ever. I'm normally two to four pills a day, uh, you know, not even daily. But I when I, But when I need it, it's there for me. Yeah. I do think it's really important for people to understand that it could be habit-forming. You know, I think to uh, when, when I was making a leaf of faith, there was this like big push in the world of Kratom to tell people that like, hey, it's not addictive and it can't kill you. And, uh, you know, you won't have any side effects with this and it's not a drug and it's not an opioid. And my response to that was like, well, I actually looked into this. It is a drug. Because in my opinion, any supplement is a drug. If you take vitamin D, that's a drug. It's a drug. Well, you're taking a pill, you're taking a pill or a liquid or you're taking, let's just call it a substance. You're taking a substance to perform an effect in your body. You're taking it for a reason. It's a PED. Yeah. So anything, anything becomes a drug. If you look at the definition of drug, Kratom would fit the definition. Is it a hardcore drug? No, it's just a, it's a drug. Just like any of these other things that you would take. You don't eat Kratom because it tastes good. No. That would be the difference between a drug and a food. So some foods have healing powers, but it's just because they happen to taste good and they happen to have some healing powers to them. But I'd say most of them don't have any of that, you know. Um, but some plants have these really strong, what I think, like things like kratom and other things are, I think they're really strong defense chemicals that the plant's putting out so other things don't eat it. Because when you take in kratom, it's really, really bitter. And I think the idea is like, well, that, that keeps the caterpillars away, you know. Um, but that also makes us, you know, puts us on a different level, you know, uh, mentally. So it interacts with our opioid receptors. That's the other thing is it interacts with your opioid receptors, your mu opioid receptors. And so to say that it's not an opioid is also misleading because it actually is an opioid. But are all opioids dangerous? No. So you, it is an opioid if you had to. So it's cheese though, right? So like cheese. So what's the definition of an opioid? Something that hits your opioid. Something that stimulates your opioid receptors. Oh wow! And right? so and so is cheese. Yeah, so so is cheese. Wow! You can say really well, cheese insightful. and cheese and chocolate are opioids. Yeah, and that's also <coughs> that's also why they're what addictive. Addictive. It's also why I say maybe it's a good idea on World Carnivore Month to 
cut the cheese. And I don't mean cut the cheese. Cut or, do, the cheese. or do you, or, okay, not, not trying to play devil's advocate, or do you say, feel free to lean into cheese if it helps you dra- break your addiction from sugar? And, 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 and sort of self-medicate with, with cheese? Or what do you think? I'm not, I'm you're not right. Gonna... You're right. So let's look at it this way. Context is everything in every situation. Um, Mark has a good, a good uh, explanation on it where it, this is going to sound like the fattest thing ever. But Mark basically says like salt and sugar or salt and fat equals sugar. And by that, he means like if you're really having a crazy sugar craving okay. and you eat enough salt and enough fat, like you, the, it'll just go, it'll go away. Which right. is weird. Like if you have, uh, like even if you had like a slice of my keto pizza, like that whole sweet, like I might have a sweet tooth. Like I really want cake right now. But if I had something like really fatty, really salty, right. uh, I just wouldn't want that anymore. Piece of bacon. Bacon's a great. So, so um, isn't is that the hack then? Right? If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're a guy like me and you're, you know, you suffer from, you know, being obese and 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 you know, I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to uh, give myself an escape route, but. I do deal with uh, nighttime binge eating disorder, right? Mm-hmm. That's 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 it's a thing. You can Google it. Some medical thing will come up, and 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 you can say that's just willpower. That's all in your head. And and congratulations, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But if I'm wanting to deal with uh, the the carbs are coming out with this, and I just go, hey, just go ahead and cook three eggs and have some eggs with some salt on it. It'll, it, it takes six don't, minutes. Don't you think though, like if something's all in your head, it still could be a syndrome or a like you know what I mean? Like it's still a real thing. Like just because it's in your head doesn't mean like it may not exist as a disease. But like you said, like I you know I know it's in my head, but like I I gotta fix it. But the way congratulations, that's what every addiction is. Yeah, every right. every addiction's in your head. Right. You know every everyone like you don't need anything. So yeah, it's 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 interesting to look at it that way. Um, like the way that you're looking at it is, I think, yeah, but I think the hack is like, it depends on where you're coming from. Like if you're coming, like if you're looking at it, like my point of view where I'm like, I have autoimmune issues and I'm trying to get rid of them. Right. Uh, and I really want to just eliminate everything right. in my diet, including like heavy cream and whatever. I don't even know if it makes sense to, to not include heavy cream. And here's why most people, it might be, it might even make more sense to just exclude cheese for the month and I'll the the difference is pretty clear once you can see it. If you have butter or if you have um heavy cream, those don't have protein in them. They're like they have zero protein in them. So when you eat those dairy products, they may be just as like they might jive with your system just as well as beef does or any sort of meat does. Um because a lot of people that have allergies to milk or dairy they have an actual allergy to casein protein which is the protein that's in the milk it's not the, the lactose f- sugar not the fat no no not, well, not, there, there, there's also lactose intolerance and that's sugar. which is different because that's the sugar which would only be found in like milk and yogurts and things that actually use like milk gotcha. um but heavy cream you gotta remember they're just skimming the cream off the top they're just simply skimming the cream off the top so there's no sugar in it um, butter, they're taking this cream, skinning it, skimming it off the top, mixing it with salt and smashing it together. So that's all that, that's all that butter is and that's all that, that uh, heavy cream is. So maybe it may make sense for me to keep in heavy cream and butter during carnivore month and just like literally just cut out cheese because cheese has protein and that may be causing 
you know, some of these little inflammation issues or skin issues or whatever other issues that, you know, dairy can seem uh, to cause for people. Um, but I definitely would say cut out cheese and high fat dairy that's also high in protein for the month of carnivore. If that's if your goal is to eliminate things, that would just help eliminate one more thing that could be a possible um, possible roadblock, you know. But yeah, it's it's interesting, right? That like these things are like opioids, and these things have a uh, addictive qualities to them, you know. And back to what we were talking about about kratom, I think we should uh, continue on that because it's a great topic. And uh, you know, another thing is like we actually sell kratom. I don't sell it personally, but uh, I I represent Mind Bullet, um, Mark, and you know Mark and his wife own it, and uh, I'm I'm sort of like the rep, you know, the the face behind uh, Mind Bullet. And, um, you know, so it's hard to, to say like, oh yeah, I'm going to be unbiased about it and give you my opinion. Cause I see that, you know, all over the internet, people are selling something and they're, they're on their YouTube channel preaching about it and selling it. I don't really have any problem with that. As long as a person really believes in what they're, what they're selling. Like I really believe in Kratom. I've been, you know, pushing it for, for years. I mean, I was the, I'm the only person to ever go on the only person in the entire world to ever go on Joe Rogan's podcast and talk exclusively about, about Kratom for 90 minutes, you know? Right. So I really, really believe in it. And before before any of this, like when I went on Joe Rogan, I didn't have a Kratom product, which was stupid because I could have sold millions of dollars worth of Kratom. Um, but I didn't have a Kratom product then. I wasn't pushing it as a product. I was just, I was just talking about it because it was something that was like really uh, beneficial to me. So it is hard to uh, push something when you do have some sort of like financial association with it. Um, but I wish I could show people how much money I actually make from Kratom because, you know, it's it's definitely less than 500 bucks a month that I make off of it. Like I make barely anything off of it. So I think that that's something that um, it's it's not like, well, you make, you know, you, yeah, it's still 500 bucks. Like, you know, whatever. You, you can make those arguments, but I, I'm really into it because I love it because I have actually found it to be very, very, very beneficial. And I do like being transparent. I do like being transparent with people about how it could also be habit forming. Like I've seen a lot of people uh, take a lot of it and they get, I would say they get addicted to it, you know? And I, I would think the reason why they get addicted to it is because every single case of addiction that I've ever personally seen with Kratom have come with really, really high quantities. So people would take, you know, a good dosage of Kratom, like a really good dosage, would be like five to seven grams. That's a good, solid, big-ass dose of Kratom. At one point or throughout the day? So, when it, and this is just personal for me, so I'm not giving any recommendations. I'm not a doctor. For me, I would take 7.5 grams in capsules, so that would be like 10 capsules. I would take 10 capsules of it in the morning, once a day. It would get all the cobwebs out. It like allow me to like move and it would give me mobility that would last for about five hours. And then, yeah, by the end of the day, I might be back in pain again. But I would just always say, like, it's not worth it for me to be addicted to something again. So I'm just going to take it once and, like, leave it there. Well, that's what I do. I have, I have two pills. And, and for me, for whatever reason, it's probably because I don't have – I have – you know, you've been, you've lifted more weights. Me being heavy, I've hurt my body a little bit. But with all the power lifting and 
your hips and stuff, you need more. Well, I also may have an opioid tolerance due to the amount of opioids I've used in my life before that that were pharmaceutical grades. It's true. So for me, I've never been a person that's used opioids before. I take two breakfast, lunch, and, and near end of dinner, and that gets me through till I wake up. Yeah. And and I and like I haven't been taking them. I haven't been taking my nighttime dose super religiously lately because I haven't. Been, my sciatica is not flaring up right now. But when it is, I go okay. Now I start. I know I got this, and I keep it. I keep it near me. Yeah. And it, it's man. It, it. I never knew how much chronic pain was a life breaker. Yeah. I, that, I, I used to always hear my brother talk about his shoulder and his neck, and you know when you hear someone say the same thing over and over again, you stop it. It. In your mind, it devalues. Mm -hmm. You eventually stop putting a lot of priority. But even though I've heard him say it a hundred times, it still hurts just as much as the first time he said it. And then I saw my wife hurt her neck. My wife threw out her, uh, the, uh, oh God, she slipped a disc. Mm -hmm. And to watch her deal with that chronic pain for just a month, to see her, see her in the corner of the bedroom crying, because she can't, because she's just in this, this pain's flaring and it just won't go away. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we, uh, I don't think as a society, we give people that deal with chronic pain enough of a, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, yeah. you, you guys still live, you guys still move, but I don't think in society we, we give people with chronic pain enough credit for what they're really dealing with. Yeah. One of the things I want to work on, I don't know if it, it's actually viable or not, um, but I do have the, the things available to me to work, be able to work on it. Um, I was thinking of trying to work on a kratom topical. I haven't seen anybody do that yet. I just don't know if it would work, right? Like um, CBD, a lot of people give a lot of, uh, you know, hey, I use CBD and it really works. So what I was actually thinking of is, um, and I've done this before. I just didn't do it for a long enough period of time to see how it worked. But I'm thinking of it doing it now as we're talking is I would mix kratom powder because it also comes in powder form. Mix kratom powder with DMSO. Uh, DMSO is something that um, it allows things to penetrate your skin. So all, first of all, it helps a lot with, with pain. Like I'll give you, I gave Mark DMSO because his shoulder was really bothering him. And um, you rub the DM, DMSO on and the pain goes from being like unbearable and a big pain in the ass to like, I barely feel it. Like yeah. It's not, it's like one of those things. It's like not one of those hundred percent cures, but it, it gets like, gets you close enough to be okay. And, be moving around again. Takes a six or a seven down to a two. But what DMSO also does, which is amazing, Dan Duchesne, the steroid guru, used to use this for all the women bodybuilders. He used to use DMSO with Yohimbi. Yohimbi burns body fat below the belly button really good. So from like the belly button to like, you know, to, yeah. to like the pubic bone, I guess you'd call it. Really? Like that, that little area there that like women have a real hard time you know, the fupa, where the fupa grows, the, right? The muffin top, like yeah. I've heard it called. Yohimbi burns, burns fat there, specific, like that type of fat that deposits there really well for some weird reason. So Dan Duchesne used to rub um, DMSO because it allows things to penetrate your skin. Isn't that called visceral fat? Yeah, visceral fat. But yeah, I'm, I forget what the, what the name of the... Um, there's like a name for it of stuff that you can rub on your skin... Transdermal. It's a transdermal okay. is what it is. So it's a um, DMSO is a transdermal where if you rub it on your skin and then you mix it with something else, like say sugar, the sugar would go right into your bloodstream. You know what I'm saying? Like your skin would just absorb it. Is right this away. something for sale that you can get like on Amazon? DMSO? 
Yeah, or well, what yeah. your buddy, what your buddy's talking about for the visceral fat that he used to give out to his clients. Well, you could buy Yohimbi. You'd buy Yohimbi online. Yohimbi. Yeah, you'd buy Yohimbi, and then you'd mix Yohimbi with DMSO. Um, but here's the rub on that. I I don't think it would work for anybody in our position. Like, we would have too much. I I don't know. I could be wrong. I think that like. What you use it for? I'm going like, to bathe in this, and we're going to lose a lot. Yeah, of you could bathe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking, it works better for is like for people that have uh, like one percent body fat to right. lose for bodybuilding shit. Right. Like, I feel like it would tighten that, you up. That final cut. Yeah, I think it would tighten you up. But I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it does uh, work for women. Um, Yohimbi works great. Like uh, for women, say like they say they have, that's a trouble area for them, and they go on a diet and they have a really hard time lose that weight, taking some Yohimbi um, can help that. Well, what it helps with, this is interesting, Yohimbi really helps with, and this is probably why it helps burn fat down there, is it's basically like a boner pill. Like Yohimbi is a, um, yeah, Yohimbi is like a, a, like a, what do you call it? Vaso, like a Viagra kind of type thing. Now, for me, being a, a fatty, fatty, fat, fat, is this hard with this? Is there, I'm not asking you to pretend to be a doctor right now, but is there any like glaring yes. like, heart risk issues? I don't know if there's heart risks, but I can't take Yohimbi because I'm allergic to it. So there's some people that get like, if I take Yohimbi, I feel like I'm really ill, like really nauseous. Um, I've taken, uh, th there's been times when I've, where I've, experimented with a uh, gas station boner pills and they've maybe like i can't take those either because they really they, they have your himby i've never shirt. tried them i've never tried yeah. boner pill i've always wanted to they, they have your himby in them i have hey i i i need to get well, when I, I, on some boner pills yeah i tried a lot of boner pills because i used to be an opioid addict and when you're an opioid addict shit doesn't work you know can i get like like definitely since the trt the the eds not what it was mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, I ain't 22 anymore, Chris. Yeah. I, I'd love to, can I talk to the doctor about, about Dr. Pills? About Dr. Whitmer when I meet with him next week oh, about some boner pills? You, so erectile dysfunction, like, if you wanted to get a prescription for, like, Viagra or Cialis, first of all. What about that blue stuff? Well, I was going to, I'm going to tell you, buddy. I'm <laughs> sorry, Chris. I'm so excited right now. I'm so excited to fix all, my boners. you can get. All that stuff through like Blue Chew, like BlueChew.com. Okay. They're not a sponsor. <laughs> Just go through, you go to like BlueChew.com. Those medicines are generic now, so they're pretty easy to get and they're like a lot less expensive. So like Blue Chew, what they did, which is brilliant, is like they made like a little chewable uh, that has the medication in it. So it tastes good and you'll, you'll take it because it's not a bottle of pills. It's like a bottle of Starbursts, you know. Um, so there's a company like Blue Chew. There's another company called Roman. That does this, but if you ask Dr. Whitmer, who our uh, RTRT clinic that Russell and I go to is called Whitmer uh, Rejuvenation Clinic. Rejuvenation Clinic, right? yeah. yeah, Whitmer. They just changed the name. It used to be called National Rejuvenation Center, and Jeff and Michael Whitmer is the doctor. Uh, Jeff is his son. Jeff's my friend, who I talk to all the time. Uh, but those guys are great. They should be able to prescribe it to you anyway, mm -hmm. um, and they could probably prescribe a generic one that's cheap, but. You should either get like a Cialis or a um, Viagra. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that um, like Cialis seems to be like safer and effective for like more like everyday use. Like you're married. So like it's not like um, like for me, I'm single. So if I wanted to get like Viagra 
like yeah, you know, it's like a one shot deal. Like mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna use this. But mm-hmm. it seems like people that take it more often, like because they're having sex more often, mm-hmm. would would use like a lower dose Cialis. Like it might it might even use a low dose Cialis that could actually help you with a lot of things with your your diet and weight loss because it help it just it improves blood flow. Like it's not a bad thing. Like taking Tony Huge, Doctor Tony Huge, who's not a real doctor, but he's awesome and knows a lot of shit. Um, He's a doctor in my eyes. Well, he recommends that I take he he recommended that I take Cialis every day, and I'm like, well, I don't I don't have a girlfriend. Like, why why would I do that? And he's like, well, just because like all the stuff you do and like the 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 blood flow flow benefits and whatever. And it's a really low dose, like maybe um, ten to fifteen, maybe it's twenty milligrams or something. So with my lymphedemia, do you think that would help with my circulation issue? It it. I don't know. I can't tell you because, again, I'm not a doctor, but I think it helps with everything like that. I should really look into that. Yeah. I'm going to talk to him. I, I get my blood work done next week, and then I have a, I'll schedule a follow-up appointment with him. The one thing that I'm trying to figure out with, like, Dr. Lyon and some other people is, like, I have that same thing. Like, if I – okay, this is crazy, and this is weird, and this is, like, proof that a carnivore diet is really effective for somebody like me. If – you just let me go eat whatever I wanted for two weeks, right? I'm like right now I'm in some of the best shape of my life. And in two weeks, not even, it wouldn't even take two weeks. It, w- it would probably take like three or four days. If I started eating like, I'll, I'll tell you something, I know flares it up right away. Tasty cakes. They're one of the best things on the planet. You ever have tasty cakes? I don't, I don't. I've never heard of it. That must be an East Coast thing. It's a total East Coast thing, and you're lucky that you've never heard of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, they have. Uh, it's you know, a all, bit... like the Hostess stuff, like Twinkies and stuff. Yeah. It's like that, but way better. It's like all. Remember, I was telling you about those Entenmann's cookies. Yes. That I used to eat. Yeah, it's like that. Like, look up tasty cakes, and and you'll see, they're awesome. Like they're. So, when I was on a trip. I was on a trip across the country and I was uh, eating tasty cakes because I was with my friend Jimmy Bluff. We were on like a, uh, a tour. He was, he's like a, a body work guy. And he was like, hey, man, we got to get some uh, tasty cakes, you know, because we're on the East Coast. We got some and I ate them and like literally the, we, we ate the whole box of them. But the next day, my, my calves and ankles were swollen up so much that there's probably about an inch of fluid like a half inch no probably a, probably about a half inch i don't want to these look to these look nice but probably like a half inch of fluid those look delicious chris yeah there's these butterscotch tasty cake things and they got yeah they look great they're amazing yeah but like i would i would be able to push into my your edema you'd have edema edema yeah edema, and, a, sorry. and edema would be so deep that it would be like a half inch thick it was disgusting. I have pictures of it. Well, see, that's what messed up my leg is I had edema and then I got bit by a spider. Yeah. And my circulation was so bad, it went, I, I it almost killed me, man. Yeah. Like it, uh, I, I started getting red and I really didn't know what it was. And, and, uh, I, I went, I went to the, I called in. They were like, eh, it's probably not a big deal. And I wake up the next day. It's pretty bad. I go see a doctor. I go to the, I make an appointment that day to go see a doctor. And he's like, Oh yeah, this is pretty bad. You need to leave here right now and drive yourself to the ER. I go to the ER. They're stacked. This was years ago before all madness. Now there wasn't a bed available in the hospital. I'm at the ER for like eight hours with a pretty decent cellulitis infection. I'm still really naive. I don't know really where that goes to. I don't know what happens next. Yeah. And they're like, we don't have a bed for you. 
Do you want to, I mean, you can just, we can put a bed out here in the hallway all night long. That's how bad it was. All the ER rooms were filled. All the rooms upstairs were filled. So they were just stacking beds on the hallway between the doors. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, fuck that. I'm going home. I go home. I wake up the next day and my pee is like practically brown. My, my, uh, my chin is starting to blister super red. By the time I get to the hospital ER, I almost can't walk from the car to the front door. Like I'm, I'm at, like, I'm not trying to exaggerate. I, but I was at that point where I was like, wow, I mean, I could really see passing out right now. Like I, I wasn't on the door of it, but it was on the horizon. Like walking just this 20 yards has never been this hard before. Yeah. And then that started about a two year journey or a two month journey of me just taking antibiotics every day through an IV yeah. to kill it. And that sucks because antibiotics like really weaken the body. Like they, they're, they're not like antibiotics are great to get rid of things when they're going to kill us. And that's probably the point that you were at. Right. But they also, um, they, they do a lot to, uh, to just destroy you too. I mean, I've seen just so many people get, you know, have issues from taking antibiotics, especially for like long periods of time. And when you're super heavy, they need, they need a higher dosage to yeah. be effective. There's in your an body. antibiotic that causes, um, there's one called Cipro, which I believe, is that an antibiotic? Can you look that up, Cipro? Cipro? Yeah, I, I believe it's an antibiotic. But anyway, Cipro causes um, people's Achilles heel, Achilles tendon to just snap. And it happens very, very often. So like, um, like the rock had that happen. He was off his feet for 12 weeks. He was on crutches for 12 weeks because he tore his Achilles tendon. Not because of Cipro, but it, it could have been like if he had some sort of infection before that and he had taken that, it really weakens the Achilles tendon. It's wild because I popped my Achilles tendon shortly after my left Achilles tendon. It like, it didn't completely. Were you on Cipro? I don't know which one I was on, but it didn't completely rupture, but it, a million percent popped, and mm -hmm. I, I I've never trusted it fully since. Yeah, and I and that's I was, some serious pain too. It, it was, and it, it laid me out. I was walking to the gym in my apartment complex, and and all of a sudden I just hear this, I hear this pop, and I feel this like bump in my left calf, and I was off my feet for weeks. So yeah, back to my uh, transdermal story. We were talking about kratom. Um, I was thinking if you did Kratom with like DMSO, which is a transdermal and also fights pain, that you might have a pretty cool product there. Like the only problem with DMSO, it's really weird. I'm trying to see if you can, if there's some that you can avoid this. It's got a funny smell to it. Like, first of all, it smells a little bit funny, but it makes, um, wow. it can make your breath stink. I oh, wonder, look at this. I wonder if that's the one I was taking. Um, may increase a person's risk of tendonitis or tendon rupture, right? So if you're a bodybuilder, powerlifter, whatever, you want to be really careful about taking ever taking Cipro. But what is Cipro? Is it a antibiotic, or is it an is it a? Just can you type in uh, is Cipro an antibiotic? You typed in dangerous antibiotics. Okay. I don't know what the hell you typed in. Hey, listen, I'm, I never pretended to be a good typer. Yeah, Cipro, Cipro's an antibiotic. Yep. Okay, so. Just like everything else, Russell, I'm always right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, 
So, okay, so Cipro, yeah, that, that will cause that. But anyway, what I was talking about with, with Kratom, to get back to talking about Kratom, is uh, something that I posted today that I find really interesting. Uh, it doesn't really have to do with Kratom, but it has to do with athletes and pain. And uh, Kratom is still wide open for athletes to use. And I don't know why more athletes aren't using Kratom. To me, it seems ridiculous. It's the only performance-enhancing supplement out there on the market. Like the one thing that can really enhance your performance. Like, yeah, creatine can enhance your performance. We know that. Caffeine can enhance your performance. We know that. And I think Kratom's like one of the only other things that you can take for an instant benefit where you actually will feel it right away. And it is not banned by the World Anti-Doping Association. I have... I don't know why more athletes aren't on the Kratom bandwagon and why every time I post something about it, people in the comments, they get all mad. I feel like there's an anti-Kratom like association of people out there or people that have gotten addicted to it and now they're all mad at it. It's like um, people get people act like I am posting about fentanyl when I post about Kratom. I think it's a morality judgment. I think there's this real like puritarian drive in our culture to want to say you shouldn't be allowed to like you should just suffer in silence yeah and anything and that's they sort say of it from that. their iphone <laughs> yes and that's the problem yes is that they're all hypocrites because you want to be like moral and say like oh you shouldn't have this and you shouldn't have that it's like it's a virtue we are so privileged yes and um i okay there's a point in time i had a i had a girlfriend that i was going to marry her name was carolyn she was an amazing person, but one of the things was, um, why was I telling this story? Oh, it's like she was always against me being on testosterone, right? This When I was making Bigger, Stronger, Faster in the very beginning of it, I was dating this girl. We were like really serious. We were at a restaurant. It was me, Mark, Andy, and Carolyn. And we were talking about, we were filming Bigger, Stronger, Faster. I was like, so I was at, a, at like a Denny's with Mark and her. And we were talking and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, back when I first tried testosterone, like I didn't really know what I was doing. I said some sentence like that. And she's like, you took testosterone? Oh my God, I can't believe it. And she started crying and she got up and she ran out of the restaurant. And I'm like, wait, where are you going? I'm like, uh, hold on, I'll be right back. I got to go talk to her. And I went and talked to her and she was like, inconsolable that I tried steroids and I, she's like you would inject steroids into your body oh my god I can't believe you would ever have done that and not you you're like you never told me about it and like oh my god and I'm like you know I tried it for like like a couple weeks and I did like three shots of it and that was it and I'm trying to explain to her like no I'm not like a steroid guy like mm -hmm. you know my brother is I'm not, I'm not that guy right I was trying to explain to her she's inconsolable same girl uh, three years later, I get my hips completely replaced. We had just finished Bigger, Stronger, Faster. We're about to go to Sundance with it. Um, my, I just had my hips completely replaced. And I asked her, I said, hey, I'm going to go to this doctor to talk about testosterone replacement. And just so you know, he may prescribe it to me because it's one of the number one things. Like he's telling me that if I get on testosterone and growth hormone that it can really help regrow the bone, you know? And she's like, so? And I'm like, well, I don't want you to freak out if he puts me on that and I have to take that. I don't want you like running away, going like, I can't believe you'd inject that. 
And she's like, oh, I don't care about that. That's from a doctor. That was the only difference. Right. And she didn't care. And I, and I did it, you know. And when I did it, I was actually, my doctor looked. So I asked my doctor, should I take growth hormone and testosterone if like an anti-aging doctor or, you know, one of these other doctors, a hormone doctor, if they prescribe it, should I take it post-surgery? My doctor was also an athlete. He had held some master records and track and stuff. He said, absolutely not. Uh, you can get a blood clot and you could die. And I said, okay. And then I went to Dr. Mark Gordon, who Joe Rogan always talks about. Dr. Mark G Gordon's like, that's ridiculous. Most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Turn around. I turn around and he jabs a needle of testosterone in my ass. And I'm like, don't you need to do my blood work first? And he's like, no, this is America. We we go doctors go by symptoms. It's like the only doctor I've oh, ever wow. Very only profound. doctor I've ever met that was like just no bullshit. Like he's like, no, no, we go by symptoms here. I can treat you with anything I want. Like I'm a doctor, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's cool, man. Like he's just saying, I'm a doctor. I'm allowed to treat you with whatever I yeah, I want, that's great. You know, um, he's like, now if I was writing these crazy prescriptions for hundreds of people, like yeah, they might come look into me, but. I can give you a shot of testosterone right now. There's no problem with that. But I just thought it, I think it's fascinating how there is this moral judgment on it. But if it comes from a doctor, it's okay. And I would say the same thing would happen in a lot of families. Like if you came home with a prescription for um, Oxycontin or fentanyl or, uh, you know, uh, Vicodin or Dilaudid or any of these drugs, right? You come home with a prescription from it, I, with it, I think anybody would think it's fine. But if you came home with a bottle of Kratom, now all of a sudden you're some renegade crazy person who's, you know, but if then again, if it's, if it's weed, somehow we've been, we've been coaxed into thinking like, well, that's all like mellow and cool. Like, so like, we're kind of like, okay with weed now pretty much. Right. But, we, but then still these things like Kratom pop up and they're looked at as so bad, but Kratom has gotten me out of misery, man. Like I was miserable. I was, when I'm in pain, I'm an asshole. When I'm in pain, I, I'm not nice to people. When I'm in pain, I'm not a good person. I can't be who I want to be. And I that's mean, the I worst that. thing about pain. And so if I found something that can help relieve that pain, no matter how happy it makes me, it does make me happy too. It doesn't cause me to do anything negative. All it does is contribute to the positive. Everything I do on Kratom is better. I'm nicer. I'm stronger, I feel better, I'm faster, like, you know, name it. And, it, and it's, it's gonna be better on Kratom for me. Right. And so I don't think anybody should be able to like, just come and take that away from us, you know? And there's nothing else like it. I mean, like Advil and Tylenol don't offer those same benefits. Advil and Tylenol do nothing to stimulate the brain, to make you feel like, they, well, they do stimulate the brain because they all work on the brain. But they do nothing to stimulate the, uh, what should I say, the attitude, the personality. Mood. It's not a mood effect. Mood enhancer. And when yeah. I take Kratom, like, I'm a nicer, happier, better person in, in my opinion. I mean, that's, I've been pretty quiet about, I, in the last four or five years, I've become a, a cannabis user. Mm -hmm. Mostly because I, my anxiety and mood and, and soreness was out of control. People could say, um, well, just take CBD if you're talking about having sore ankles and, and stiff back and stuff like that. But it having, I mean, I, I don't take massive doses. I, I'm not, I'm not just getting cranked three times, five times a day. A little bit helps my mood, makes me a little bit less 
irritable when my kids are flipping out. It makes it a little easier for me to stretch. That's the most amazing thing about the Kratom man, and I would say cannabis. I'm able to stretch. You know what else really helps with that, which I'm going to help you out with, is mushrooms. Man, if you take a little bit of mushrooms and you start moving around. Yes, now we're talking. The amount of mobility that you can get out of uh, psilocybin mushrooms is amazing. it's, It's when I am at my stiffest and I really need to try to like unlock my lower back, unlock my calves and my hamstrings, a little extra kratom, a little bit of cannabis, and I can get into stretches that I otherwise would not be able to get into. You guys might find this funny, but I walked around my apartment uh, in a full squat, which is like really hard for me to like even get down to a full squat most of the time. I took a bu- um, I took a magical amount of mushrooms. I took like six, seven grams of magic mushrooms. Yes. It sent me to the moon. And then I was like, wow, I feel really good. I, I feel like there's no pain in my body. Wow, I can squat right down. And I squatted down and I was like like walking around in a full squat, like all around my apartment wow. with, with like no pain. And then like I sat down on the ground and I was able to do that sort of like a groin stretch, like yes. a butterfly stretch. Yes. I'm like, how am I in this position? I can't get in this position like any other way. It's, it just allows things to open up. It allows things, it allows your body to forget uh, for example, my shoulders always held in this like protective position. It's always trying to be protected. But I guess you lose like the inhibitions when you get when you take mushrooms, and all of a sudden like that just relaxes. It's like I feel the stretch, but it doesn't come with the same pain. It doesn't come with the same pain signals. Yes, I, I feel like I just feel the muscle and the tendon being tugged, but there isn't that immediate sharp pain it comes with it to me it's it's really uh it's really fascinating what it can do and to go back to athletes using kratom like is kratom a performance enhancing drug i think it's one of the best performance enhancing drugs overall like out of anything that you could possibly take i mean it's gonna work almost as good as adderall for people like you know people like looking to enhance their performance it's gonna work um yeah, I I just think it by killing pain you enhance performance. I think a lot of people don't get that connection. If I killed all your aches and pains before you do a big lift, you're gonna crush it. I would actually venture to say that I think kratom in the short term is even more performance enhancing than testosterone. Like if I gave you a shot of testosterone and sent you in the gym a week later, you might be a little bit stronger. But if I gave you like a mind bullet like uh, potion mm-hmm. and you went into the gym and lifted in an hour. It would be like, boom. You know, I've never tried one of those yet. Oh, man. I should try one. Are you going to work out today? I am. I'll give you one today. I'll try one today. Yeah, the only problem is they're a little bit pricey, and we're trying to bring the price down by have, you know having other manufacturers. Uh, we're looking at some different people to, to like maybe see if we can bring the price down because they're just expensive for us even, and I like to try to get things in a, in a good price range so right. that we can um, – you know, we can get it to more people. We can help more people that way. But the one thing I really wanted to talk about was that today, the World Anti-Doping Association, they came out with uh, some new laws, some new rules uh, that people have to, to live by. And WADA is like the major organization that all the Olympic committees you know, go to. It's like WADA and USADA, which is the US Anti-Doping Association, which usually follows WADA's rules. Now, WADA, which does all the drug testing for the Olympics, just banned BPC-157, which we know that a lot of athletes, a ton of athletes use for recovery. We see all sorts of people from like Ben Greenfield to Joe Rogan to Dave Asprey, 
uh, to Mark Bell. I mean, you name the influencer and they're telling you that BPC-157 could really help you. Uh, Andrew Huberman, who has the biggest health and fitness podcast on the planet, is a strong proponent of BPC-157, although he often mistakes it and calls it GPC-157, which I find really funny because he's a really smart-ass doctor and he, he messed it up all over Mark's podcast. And I, and I think on Rogan, too. But anyway, despite that, he's, he's a brilliant guy. Um, BPC-157 is something that can like help rebuild joints and help rebuild... Um, help rebuild like tendons and joints and help uh, really connective tissue. And what, and what is this kind of, what is this? Is it's this, an injectable peptide. It's a peptide. Yeah. And um, corticosteroids have also been banned. Do you remember Kurt Schilling? Look up Kurt Schilling sock uh, on your computer here. Pull up, pull it up. Um, show the people at home, Russell. Show the people. So Give Kurt them. Schilling was uh, pitched in the World Series for the Red Sox. And he basically... Uh, couldn't pitch anymore because he had this problem with his foot and they had to operate on it and his foot was all bloody. I don't know if people remember the the bloody sock, but uh, Kurt Schilling with his bloody sock. Ooh. Yeah. So the, he, he basically had like stitches in his foot and they he had some something go on with it, but they basically had to shoot him up with a bunch of corticosteroids before the game. If you watch Bigger, Stronger, Faster, they talk about Andre Agassi in the uh, French Open or one of the big open tennis things that he had a 20-minute cortisone shot before the game. When Terrell Owens was going to play in the Super Bowl, there were people outside chanting, give him the shot, give him the shot, give him the shot about Terrell Owens because they wanted the doctors to inject Terrell Owens with a corticosteroid so they could play in the game. So they're literally rooting for this doctor to like give him the shot so that you know, he could be cleared and playing. You know game. what other shot they're given? They were given like some epidural shot. I don't remember the exact name of it. I don't. It's well, that's it's, what Agassi had in his back. He had a cortisone like epidural in his back. Well, I it's uh, uh I I've I've this was when when my eldest son Ryan was born, and they said the the nurse that was giving her the shot brought it up that this is when they talk about the shot in the NFL when they this it. Just removes all pain. Oh, they they might have been talking about Toradol. Toradol. I believe yes. Toradol. That's is, the one. You're so smart. Chris. I believe Toradol's already banned by WADA. Okay. Look, look that up. Is Toradol banned by WADA? Because the NFL okay. was using it at I, some I, point. I, I I'm believe the NFL sure. still uses it, but the NFL doesn't go by WADA. The NFL's smart. They have a great PR program instead of a drug program, and the way that they have a, a PR program is that they jumped ahead. Like back in 1989, the NFL started testing for steroids. So they were like way ahead of the game, you know? They uh, got out in front of it where baseball didn't ever get out in front of it. And that's why the government told baseball, you guys have to test. But they never told the NFL they had to test. If the government ever came down on the NFL, there would be a big, big issue. So what is Toradol NFL? See, it says NFL players urge to limit Toradol use, but it's not. Did you say? Oh, did did you look up? Is Anna is is Toradol banned by WADA? Was what I was looking for. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I, my bad, y'all. Just uh, uh, type. Listening's in. hard. WADA. Does it say is tramadol banned? Substance. What four substances are banned by WADA during WADA competition? Androgens, blood doping, peptide hormones. Oh, those are just types of drugs. 
regard I think I, I do believe Toradol is is on the the banned list already. It's just crazy to me that Kratom's not on there. The other thing that's not banned on there, which is really interesting, is Ibogaine. Because we know that um, Ibogaine, first of all, can't be tested for. And um, secondly, it could actually get rid of a lot of issues that people have with pain. And so uh, I find that really interesting. Oh, you can you can search it. Search, uh, so, so, just, to, just so we're positive here, search on there where it says you can search. Search Kratom. See if it pops up. And then... Is that right? C-K-R-A-T-O-M? Yeah. No search results, right? Now type in um, Ibogaine. I-B-O-G-A-I-N-E. Maybe I'm not yeah. doing it right. Well, no. You're searching the whole site. And come, type, in, um, type in testosterone. We'll know if you're not doing it right if nothing comes up. I don't think I'm doing it. Right. Oh, you had a you had yeah, but you have like a thing on the end of it, don't you? Is that right? Yeah, right here. Doping with yeah, yeah. So see, so this you, is when, pulling up things. Yeah, when you search testosterone, sixty three things come up. When you search kratom, zero things come up. Right. That would show you that it's not on the list. Now, if you type in toradol, did that come up, or did you spell it wrong? I don't think. I think I'm pretty sure I copied and pasted that in. I think I got it right. Maybe it's not banned. Maybe that's another thing. I, I think it's an I, isn't it? Isn't it an I? I, I, I mean, you're going to find out real fast that is the, the thing I'm absolutely the worst in doing in this entire universe is spelling. A tortle. No, T-O-R-A. T-O-R-A. D-O-L-E. Or D-O-L. Yeah, that's it. T-O-R-A-D-O-L. That's what I got here. T-O-R-A-D-O-L. Search. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. I wonder if... Let me see. Well, anyway, regardless, I, I think I believe that Toradol is not allowed to be used in the Olympics. But I, again, I could be wrong. I don't, I don't really know. But it really does uh, surprise me that more athletes don't take advantage of Kratom, um, not only for its pain-relieving effects, but for its performance-enhancing effects. The other thing that they got rid of um, is albuterol. And albuterol works sort of like clenbuterol. Have you heard of clenbuterol? I've heard of it, but I don't know what it does. People being on clen. Yeah. Clen's like a fat burner. Oh. Um, so it's also like a uh, bronchodilator. Uh, I think albuterol is the same thing, bronchodilator. But those bronchodilators that open up your lungs and stuff, those also can uh, enhance your performance by making your reaction time quicker, making you a little, little more twitchy, you know, mm -hmm. like a little bit more uh, speedy. I don't know... How, Other than a competitive edge, is there any downsides on your body? To what? To clenbuterol or those... those... Oh, clenbuterol is horrible for your heart. Okay. And I would imagine that like albuterol in big abusive dosages would be bad for your heart too. I know that people have used albuterol in place of clenbuterol. So like say you didn't have clenbuterol and you're a bodybuilder and you needed something to help you burn a little bit more fat, you might go take albuterol. Um, instead of taking clenbuterol. But for the most part, I just think it really just comes in those, uh, it's those huffers, those asthma huffers. They're mm -hmm. illegal. You know, so imagine like um, you have a kid with asthma and they're like, your kid can't play anymore because they, you know, they can't. I mean, they're not doing it in youth sports, but if, if they were in something high level athletics, mm -hmm. like they, it, it may be banned, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I would think it probably wouldn't matter until you got to uh, a college level. But still, that's pretty wild that like, you know, this everyday mist is like 
now interpreted as a performance-enhancing drug. I always used to make the joke that in the future, we're going to see these stadiums. And it's going to be like these brand new, beautiful stadiums like they have like in Santa Clara. Like that stadium's beautiful. It's like brand Levi's new. Levi's Stadium. And it's all these beautiful people. All these beautiful people that are wealthy and beautiful and have nice clothes. They're all wearing jerseys. They all have perfect teeth and nice hair and beautiful families. And like you're in this beautiful place. And pretty soon the whole crowd's going to be beautiful. And the people on the field are going to be small and worthless right. because they're not allowed to take anything. Right. You know, so I always like joke that like what a weird society that we live in that if you're in the crowd, you know, you can do anything to be, look better, to be better. But if you're on the field, you're not allowed to, you know, and it's, it's, it's really interesting because it's who, what are the crowd? The crowd are the people paying for it. So to say, well, the audience just wants to make sure it's, it's fair. But the audience doesn't want anything to be fair on their own self. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want the advantage of having nicer sneakers than you have. Well, so I'm going to work harder to get those. That goes even to a deeper conversation, not to throw off what you're saying, but there's starting to be a point where classism, where, I mean, I'm not trying to be all super, like, uh, social justice warrior here, but a lot of people I know can't afford to go to those, uh, those Niner games anymore. Yeah. You know, they're they're just too expensive. Yeah, well they're trying to class people out of it. I mean they're, they're trying just, to make it it's a, it's a money grab. They're trying yeah. to make it an exclusive. You make everything exclusive, you know. Um they, they were just talking about that with like Austin, Texas. You know, like Tim Dillon was saying, I thought this was an amazing quote from our boy Tim Dillon. He's like, Austin is for dirtbags. And if you're a dirtbag, you're you're rare now. Like now in Austin you're rare. It's like right. this place is overrun with a Tesla employees and yeah. you know like people who uh who should actually be in Los Angeles right but they're here chasing their dream instead cuz they they don't realize that there is no dream here like there is no there's right. no industry here that's like LA like when you go to LA everything's LA the film awesome. industry and he's like so all these people are like rushing here and like I'll just get a job at Terry Black's waiting tables and then you know 6 years later they're at Terry Black's waiting tables cuz there's nowhere for them to go I just find it to be like really interesting and and funny that he put it in those. Yeah, he's, that, uh, he's a national treasure. Yeah, like Tim <laughs> as Dillon. Joe Rogan says. Yeah, and if people he's aren't a national treasure, if people aren't listening to uh, to Tim Dillon, I think they need to start because he's. Did you did you hear you heard his podcast? Right, he was talking about uh, what who's that guy? Remember you told me about uh, Dino, Dino Tomasetti, the uh, bodybuilder. Yeah. Did you, he Hilarious, talked about the right? bodybuilder who yeah. Yeah, tried to kill his parents. Oh, and, that's rough. And all that stuff like that's that. That's rough. Yeah. yeah. That's a crazy... You know, they again, they're going to want to blame it on a drug. The reason why you would say... So this bodybuilder uh, killed his parents in Long Island. Uh, tried to kill his parents in Long Island. They both actually survived. He shot his mom in the head and his dad in the back. And um, his family's all tied to the mob. It's It just sounds like a a really, really um, insane story. But you know that the reason why they put that he's a bodybuilder in there is they haven't asserted anything yet because they don't have any evidence. But you know that steroids are going to come into it. And you know steroids are going to be a big part of the trial. And uh, if he had anything to do, I'm sure if he lives in Long Island and he's a bodybuilder, that he also has something to do with dealing steroids. I'm sure that's going to come into play. And he was like a strong guy. Like I went to his, I showed you, I went to his uh, YouTube channel and I saw him do... Uh, 725 for two on a deadlift um and then he did a 500 pound bench so he's actually like like a strong guy but a legit strong kid but he snapped or something yeah 
something bad happened. But they're going to want to blame it on on steroids. And, like, that's, you know, the, the thing is with, like, blaming things on drugs, I think is never, like, you you never, it never fares well for anybody. Like, if somebody's on cocaine and they go and shoot up a place, it's not, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, like, it doesn't take away from what the person did and it doesn't make it, it, it might, the only thing it may provide is some sort of like uh reason, some sort of like motive, right? Like maybe the kid was on Trenbolone, you know? And if you look at Trenbolone, which is just a really powerful steroid, there are a lot of things. Like I, I think all steroids should be legal and people should be able to use whatever they want. And even Trenbolone, it's really, you know, but the problem with, the problem I have with, Trenbolone is it's like the one that seems to be the asshole drug. It seems to be the one where the um, more people than not, like if you hear any sort of roid rage story, uh, roid rage doesn't exist. It's something that the media made that up. Like that's a media term. It's not a medical term because it's not a medical thing. It's not something that really happens uh, like it sounds like it's not a rage, but uh, some people do have these uncontrollable um like out you know outbursts uh which could be considered a rage on trenbolone but you'll never see that on testosterone you'll never see like you'll never see that like violent crazy outburst on uh on testosterone unless somebody was like severely mentally ill already and um that was like the thing that put him over the top to set him off but like we've just never really seen that but we've seen people kind of snap and lose it on trenbolone so uh, rather than, again, lumping something into a category and saying, like, all steroids are good, well, maybe most steroids are uh, pretty beneficial for people to build muscle and, and stay safe, but then maybe Trenbolone's not. So I, I, I don't think there's any reason why we can't make distinctions in, in different we things. We don't have to be so clumsy, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't, or we don't have to be so dead set on, like... Um, steroids are good or steroids are bad it's that's like, what that's what i'm trying to say yeah sometimes steroids are good and sometimes they're terrible right like so i think we have to look at things in in more of a way like that um could kratom be bad sure kratom could definitely be bad kratom could definitely be something that you don't want your your kids to take but then again uh you have young kids right and if if the doctor came to you uh, you know you went to the doctor i should say and they said hey you know your son's having a really hard time with math. And we just, you know, we feel like the doctor, tell, you, well, you tell the doctor he's having a hard time with math. We don't know what to do. And the doctor comes back and says, well, we diagnosed him and he's got ADHD. Right. We want to put him on Adderall. You're like, oh, all right. Well, like some people say, okay, well, the doctor gave it to him. That's great. Um, and other people stop and think, you know what? That's a pretty big decision. Now, I've argued with a lot of parents about Adderall, with parents that like put their kid on Adderall, and I just am like, hey, look, I don't, I don't think it's that good of an idea. And like, yeah, but he was really struggling in math, and now he's not struggling in math. And I'm like, is that what you want for your child? For them to be good at math? Like, is that what you really want? Think about what you're doing to the kid. Right. You're actually putting him on a very dangerous drug that's going to definitely have, and I'm not judging the parent. I'm saying, think about it. Think about what you're doing to your kid. Does it, is it important that he's good at math? My brother's a multimillionaire and he's horrible at math. You well, know, is, think, is that think, important? He couldn't focus. I think focus. that's a byproduct. What it does seem to give people that I know that have used it, which I've never used it, I've, I've had people tell me I should consider using it. 
I don't want to ever give it to my kids because I have just that general skepticism about yeah. uh, medicating in that way. It seems to give people incredible focus. No, it definitely gives you incredible focus. Incredible focus. Uh, but it also has a lot of deleterious side effects. I mean, like it's basically, what? it's methamphetamine. It's speed. It's a little It'll bit rot speed, your teeth huh? out of your head. It'll... Uh, Adderall will. It, yeah, it, it's, a, it's methamphetamine. Wow. It'll do all the same things that crystal meth will do if you took it in those quantities. Now, it's a very refined, clean uh, version that you're getting. Um, but basically, like Adderall, like one of the biggest side effects people have is like nervous tics from it. Like I have a cousin who twitches and ticks all the time and she never used to do that before she ever took Adderall, you know, would and it's it be, annoying to her. Would it be a fair comparison to say Adderall is kind of like the testosterone to methods to the, trem, the tremboloni things? Is it like just a more softer, more, more applicable, like more functional usage of the same kind yeah, of desired yeah. effect? Yeah. In a way, in a way, like, like what's, so, but like, what's also the difference? There's a big difference in taking testosterone that comes from a compounding pharmacy that or comes from a, an actual legitimate pharmacy or taking testosterone that you get from somebody in the gym, from an underground lab. If, if people knew, and I'm actually going to explore this um, in my next film or in some stuff that we do on YouTube, if people knew how hard it was to actually manufacture like real testosterone compared to the things that people make for these underground labs, I think they'd be really shocked at how good of a quality the product that you get from a doctor is. Like the, the stuff that you and I take that we get from Whitmer. Was it called bioidentical or something like that? Well, it's, it's just such a higher quality with these high safety standards in place. Like you're not gonna get hurt from that. Right. Whereas like Trenbolone, is like they take these pellets that are made for cattle, they crush them up, they mix them in oil, and they put it in a bottle. You know, you can actually, Trenbolone's really interesting because you could go into a feed store and you could buy Trenbolone pellets, right? Now, here's the, the kick. You can buy them for your, you can buy them yourself. So I could go buy the pellets, right? I don't know if this is still the case, but for a while this was the case and it was like a legal conundrum that's pretty interesting. You could buy these pellets and put them in, inject them into your cows, right? They do like these little incisions and they put these pellets in. You can do that. And the cow has no choice of whether you're going to put it on trend or not, right? right? It's got zero choice in the matter. Right. You're allowed to do that, but you're not allowed to buy the trend blown pellets at the store, crush them up and, and uh, ingest them yourself. That would be illegal. I didn't realize they were so accessible. But isn't that weird? It is weird. Do you need like a prescription from a veterinarian to you know get to these, or are they just? I don't know if it's if it's still the wild west like that. But since we live up here in Northern California, I think it'd be pretty fun to go to a feed store and see if we can find some trend That would be an interesting outing. Yeah, it'd be fun. I, I, I don't know. Do I don't. To be honest, I don't know if it's still a thing. Not that we're trying to like. It's like here, here. This is how you make a. Oh, I would just love to see if it's still a thing. Like if if you could yeah. still. Uh, go and buy it but i'm sure that you know but like look yeah all these things like that are accessible um you know the other thing that people need to watch out for with something like kratom is when we talk about quality now the reason why i made a leaf of faith was because people were taking kratom um packing capsules like in their living room and selling it online you know just like we did in bigger stronger faster i hired a bunch of uh, day laborers a bunch of guys that you know just we're standing outside a Home Depot and I went up and I hired him and said, hey, come with me. We're going to make some supplements. Now, is that how you want your supplements made? 
That's not how I want my I mean, there's just too much risk of fuckery. So there's a lot of that going on with Kratom. So I choose to use a co-packer that is like a GMP certified, which means good manufacturing processes. So I prefer to have a legitimate uh, co-packer make our our Mind Bullet product. So we have people that make our Mind Bullet product. They test it three times. They run through all the same thing that any major manufacturer is going to run it through. And... Uh, I look at the paperwork. Mark looks at the paperwork. We just trust that they do the things that they say. I have, you know, to tell you the truth, I haven't gone and double checked on them, but these people have been in business for a long time. The product they make is great. I, I'm, I go with it. You know? well, I mean, cool. there's, there's nothing wrong in saying that they have, they have a certain reputation. That, yeah, there's a quality assurance. A rep- right? They have a reputation that now, comes with that. Right? But you can also go to a smoke shop and buy these giant bags of kratom. That, like you have no idea what's in it. And right. so the problem that we found when I was making a leaf of faith was a lot of Kratom had like heavy metals in it and a lot of it had salmonella in it. And so when we, when they found salmonella, we have a, I wouldn't, shouldn't say friend. We have an acquaintance who was selling Kratom at a really high level. He was making about 50 grand a day selling Kratom in Vegas. And then he got popped because all of his Kratom had salmonella in it. And he had to dump like the FDA came and the DEA came and he had to dump all of it. So he was like riding high, making millions of dollars, but then not only did they confiscate that, but they find the shit out of you. And then you can't really get back into the Kratom business again because you have this black you know, X on your head, basically. Uh, you could get back into it, but it's sort of like when you have to sign up for that new Instagram account, it's never gonna be as good as the, the one that you had with the perfect name mm-hmm. and then you got banned and now you try to go back again and like it just doesn't pick up the same steam you know like mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like that so uh it doesn't really pay to sell you know bad products like that but i think that um for the most part if you buy a kratom product like the the thing to watch out for is just really really cheap products um there are some brands that are very inexpensive but also they sell like a lot. Like there's a, if people are looking to price hunt on um, Kratom, I'll just be honest because I know I sell it. So of course people think I'm going to lead them to just buy Mind Bullet, but uh, I'll give you one hint. There is a company out there called Crave that sells um, pretty high quality Kratom um, in giant, you know, big giant uh, bottles of like 300 capsules, whatever. And you can get those fairly cheap. So if you're if you're in a bind and you can't afford, you know, another brand or whatever, um, Crave is one brand that I know of that actually is good because they're such a big brand. Most of the brands that, but then you also have to realize they use smaller capsules. They try to trick you these brands. So our Mind Bullet capsules are like 0.75, which means that they're almost a gram of Kratom. They're 0.75 grams of Kratom. Um, the Crave, like, like companies like Crave, they'll use like a 0.3 capsule and they'll say, hey, 300 capsules for 30 bucks. And you're yeah. like, oh, wow, great. But like literally our bottle of Mind Bullet has twice as much Kratom as their 300 capsules. It's the same trick so, that they're doing in the gym industry, right? Yeah. yeah. So you have to be careful for that. It's You have to be careful of, uh, you know, I just feel like we offer a good product at a good price that's worth it. If it costs you 60 bucks a month to be pain-free, like, to me, that's a pretty good price to pay for it, you know. 
Um, personally, I'd pay a lot more for it, but you don't need to. So yeah, why do it? But I, I just think that it, I just find it really fascinating. It's something I wanted to share with people that I think that Kratom has gotten this weird sort of um, like this weird stigma put around it when it's such a great plant. It's one of the, to me, it's one of like the most incredible plants on the planet. And rather than trying to scare people away from taking it because it may be addictive, I would like to encourage people to try it and see what it can, what it can do for them. And also just like, be careful with it. I mean, like, why would we stop selling something? Cause it's addictive. Does that mean like all these people that come on my page when I post about Kratom, oh man, that's addictive. That's gonna, it's like, okay, what about, what about alcohol? Are you going on the rocks, social media? I mean, the biggest star in the entire world promotes booze. Right. Like that's what he promotes. The biggest health and fitness star in the entire world promotes alcohol. Because he probably uses it responsibly. Which is fine. I'm right. fine with him promoting it. But if he's going to promote alcohol, can't you let like my little corner promote Kratom? Like something I feel is very beneficial to a lot of people. Conor McGregor, the biggest, uh, most popular fighter in the history of the fight game possibly, promotes what? Alcohol. Yeah. Proper 12. Yeah. Proper 13. Now, what if we had an athlete, though, that had some balls? Like, what if, what if, like, say John Cena came out? He's like, you know what? I love Kratom. I I honestly think that it would take, like, the right person to just change the whole stigma of anything. And maybe that's something we need to do. Kind of like Joe Rogan did with cannabis. It's exactly what Joe Rogan did with cannabis. But, you know, and I've been on Joe Rogan's podcast talking about Kratom, but maybe, you know, Mark and I have all these connections to these people. Like maybe I need to send some Kratom to John Cena. Maybe he just doesn't know about it. He's had a million injuries, you know? Um, you know who talks about it a lot that I don't see they've ever actually gone down that road is Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer. They do talk about it a lot. They have gone down that road. They're sponsored by uh, a company called Super Speciosa. Oh, they did end up getting sponsorships. And I was trying to be the one to get that sponsorship, but like, Nobody ever listens to me. Now I was trying to I was trying to get in touch with them to get them kratom, but then by the time I figured that out, was able to navigate that and figure out who I should ask, they already had Super Speciosa on board. Super Speciosa is a really big brand. They're a good brand. Uh, you can order from them online. I don't have anything against any of these other kratom brands because I just love kratom. I think it's great. I think Super Speciosa is a great brand. Right. I think there's a brand called uh, OPMS, which is one of the biggest brands in the country um opms the one thing i would caution people on is uh opms it sounds like opium right they're they're like one of these companies that are kind of trying to push it a little like opioids like why would you call your company opms OPMS? a little too a little too much of a name association a a little close and they do make some really really strong extracts that i just think are not really necessary for most people and i feel that like really high doses of kratom can lead to addiction so i feel like um you know the level that we keep things at with mind bullet like i don't want to go beyond that i don't want to really offer anything more potent than the potions that we already have because i don't think there's any need for it you know like if I, i know how much pain i've been in and if i can take one potion and it fixes me up for pretty much you know the rest of the day then like, I don't want to go beyond that because I don't think any, there may be people in more pain, but I, I would say it's few and far between. So I would just, um, I wouldn't want to go too far beyond what we already make because I don't want to make anything that's going to hurt anybody. I just, we just, we just want to help, you know? 
And that's, that's the thing with Kratom is like we say, um, you know, our mind bullet uh, motto or mind bullet like tagline is kill the day. Because I remember like, this is actually interesting and I'll, I'll wrap this up on this is uh, the reason why it's called mind bullet is because um, Mark's always had a really hard time concentrating. He's been diagnosed with ADHD. Um, he's been diagnosed with like all sorts of like learning dis- disabilities growing up. And um, his son, Jake, he would do like this thing where he'd, he'd like put out his hands and he would shake. This is when he was like, like a year old. He's like a little kid. He'd be standing there and he'd go like this and he'd like shake his hands and they'd be like, what is he doing? Like what? You know how the kids do? They have weird little traits. And mm-hmm. they're like, what is he doing? And Mark's like, I think he's sending mind bullets. And I think mind bullets might come from like uh, Jack Black's, what is that? Uh, Tenacious D. Tenacious D, yeah. I, I think they might use the term mind bullet. And so like Mark would say, like, he's trying to send us mind bullets. Like that was, so when, as soon as I gave it to Mark, that just like popped into his head because uh, he got really focused. And he goes, yeah, it's like a mind, like, it's like a mind bullet. It's like that thing. That, it's like that thing that Jake used to do with uh-huh. his hands. That weird. We still never figured out what Jake was doing when, when he would do that. Like, it was just a weird, weird little kid twitch that he had. But basically, he's the reason why mind bullet is the, the name that it is. But Mark just felt like it was a bullet to the head of, you know, not being creative, not being fired. Like, it's it's the bullet that, that basically that you need to sort of shoot you to the top to sort of shoot you to the next level, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just, I always like the name. The other reason why it's called mind bullet, which I think is very smart. And we're going to use this in our marketing actually moving forward is Kratom does have such a stigma. So isn't it nice to say mind bullet made with ancient plants, you know, made with special plants made with you know super helpful plants like you don't need to say the word kratom you know uh, when i say kratom uh, this is really interesting um a couple of my tiktoks have gotten banned tiktoks tiktoks where people are doing all sorts of illegal shit on there crazy shit um you have so many you know gross pedophiles on there and crazy shit going on you know like i, I can't even explain what goes on on tiktok and i get my post taken down because it says the word kratom which is an actual thing and it's actually legal so like the fact that the name of it's the kratom is named after the tree the kratom tree the fact that a word like that can get banned and then all this other stuff is allowed to exist to me is just crazy but it also shows you one thing that it works that it's effective that big pharma doesn't like it and it's knocking on big pharma's door. So if you've been thinking about trying Kratom or if you've been thinking about uh, trying to get yourself out of pain, think in those terms. Think of like, well, why would this be banned? Uh, has anything ever been banned because it's dangerous? Usually, usually it's not because it's dangerous. Like testosterone was not banned because it's dangerous. It was banned because some people cheated in sports. So a lot of times when things are when things do get banned, it's not because they're actually dangerous. There's actually a supplement. I will be right back. So I'm just going. So there's a certain like, there's like this uh, weird, like cold going around now that they think that this stuff NAC could help with. See, I'm just getting over that weird cold. Yeah. Oh, by the way, negative on my COVID results. You can't say that word, by the way. Can't say it on YouTube. Oh my God. Yeah, you're not allowed to say it. So there's a weird cold going around and they think that this stuff NAC, 
may be able to help that. So they banned it, right? But, but they don't say that that's why they banned it. They banned it because they said it's dangerous. But there's nothing dangerous about NAC. So um, Mark saw a bunch of this in the store and he just he just bought it. This is, can help you with all sorts of things. I don't even know what the actual reason to take it is. Um, but it's just interesting to me that things get banned because of something so stupid, you know? Um, so yeah, when you're thinking about taking Kratom, thinking about it, you know, is this gonna hurt me? Is this gonna help me? I think it's just up to you. And I would start small. I tell people all the time, start with like two capsules. And if you don't feel anything, Kratom is something that you definitely feel. You'll definitely know if it's working or not. And so if you take it and you don't feel it, you just increase your dose a little bit more. If you don't feel it then, you increase the dose a little bit more. Obviously, I always tell people start out using it as directed. And then if you have to take matters in your own hand, just increase a little bit each day until you get to a certain point where, uh, where you actually feel it and you feel good. And that's usually your dose. Like I tell people all the time, people complain about it not being as efficacious as it was when they first started, like maybe three months in, six months in, like, I don't really feel it mentally anymore. And to tell you the truth, you, if you want to feel it mentally every time, your best bet is to take it like once a week, you know, or take it once, once in a while, like take it like literally as needed. When you get into taking it every day, you will develop a tolerance, but it doesn't mean this is really weird with Kratom that I found is it doesn't mean that it doesn't work for pain. It just might not give you that same head rush that you get in the beginning. Like that, you might become accustomed to it to the point where you're like, oh, I don't really feel the same like fired up and the same focus anymore. Um, but I feel like I still do get the same things out of it. I still like the whole time I used it for pain relief. I used it for three years up until I did Ibogaine. So I used Kratom for three years. I did Ibogaine. And I feel like Ibogaine potentiated and reset my system. And Ibogaine is just another uh, psychedelic plant medicine that we're going to definitely talk about on this podcast in, in massive depth. Um, but it's something that sort of reset my opioid system and allowed me to use less opioids. So like the whole idea with Ibogaine is that you won't use as many opioids as you used to if you are still planning on using them. So a lot of times Ibogaine isn't used to just completely take somebody off of opioids. Sometimes people have a lot of pain and they may still need them. So sometimes Ibogaine is actually used to just, well, the way it used to be used and the, re, the reason why it was trying to be patented in 1954 is they were trying to approve it so that you could use less opioids and get away with it. Um, you know, basically like not have to get addicted to opioids because you could use such a small amount of opioids after you've used Ibogaine. So that stuff's really interesting and we'll get into talking about that uh, pretty soon. But for now, that's about all the uh, the information I really have to give you on uh, Kratom. It's awesome to have you guys with us today. This is coming out on uh, New Year's Eve. I don't know when it's coming out. New, New Year's, Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Yeah, last day, last day of 2021. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's tomorrow. So, this, and and this is to be honest with you, me and Russell just sat down and started recording. Uh, honestly, I was a little bit nervous about getting this podcast rolling. I'm not sure what I want to talk about. I'm not sure what I want to do yet. I'm not sure if I've got my voice. Yet, you know, I'm not sure if we're going to do these little short podcasts that are just little uh, bursts of information or if we're going to do longer form podcasts or if we're going to do all of it. We haven't really decided yet. So just uh, bear with us 
And uh, thanks for watching, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, bye, bye. Later.